Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. Three weeks left in the season, but who cares about that? When Ponga taking a man into the dunny wasn't the only homoerotic highlight of the week, Corey Norman wanted to go one better, one finger that is, and give a Super League opponent a classic hopawati. I'm sure his mates at Manly will get a good kick out of that one, as it's only an issue for them when both men consent. But enough of that. Joining me tonight is a man who's given himself more titles on this podcast than Scott Morrison. It's Wilf. Look, at least I haven't done it secretly. If I'm appointing myself new titles, I'm doing it openly and uh, you know, on, on air. So yeah, don't, don't worry about that. There's no secret titles being handed out here. Yes, mate. Uh, not only an interesting week in rugby league, a very interesting week in uh, just news in general, but also with us tonight is someone fresh from a round of dental surgery and could probably benefit from whatever medication Kalen Ponga was self-prescribing. It's Tim. Yeah, look, I've done a few sessions in the dental lately. So, uh, yeah, look, the dentist is really uh, pleased with my uh, hygiene at the moment. She's, uh, I think that was all over hygiene too, to be fair. <laughs> I like to wear a little a little Manscaped body spray. So, uh, yeah, look, other than that, look, uh, I don't know what was going on in that bathroom, but Kaylin Pong was a pretty good-looking bloke. If I was on the beers, I probably would have gone in there with him too. Are you trying to explain the, the actions of Kurt Mann? Oh, no. I don't know what they're up to, though. I think Kalen's dad explained it just perfectly and with complete credibility. So good work, Andre. Just helping out a mate. Just helping out a mate. Helping out a mate. Uh, speaking of our mates, our champs, Wilf, are doing pretty well at the pointy end of the year. Yeah. Look, it's probably good that we highlight Rod, the coach of Team Bozzo, he's sitting in 40th, and Brendan, coach of the Bunt for Red V, October in 45th. That's two of our champs sitting in the top 50, uh, well ahead of all of us. Uh, so, Tim, you've still had a pretty decent week. I think, what, 11.69, so you're still in the top 200 overall? Yeah, I wouldn't call it decent. It just wasn't as bad as my last three weeks prior to that. So, yeah, it was still pretty stinky. I, like, I think he pretty much needed to be in the 1200s minimum to be sort of getting green arrows at the sort of topper end of the rankings, but... Uh, yeah, it's a bit disappointing, so I'm just slowly going down and down and down, and I'm a bit nervous that it might not finish off too well, just because I did pull the uh, trigger on my last trade last week, which was probably not the smartest move, but I didn't really like the squad I was playing with head-to-head. Brought Jesse Ramian in, who scored quite well, and I'm happy with him as a last selection for my side. Doesn't really give me the depth I need. As I don't have a backup hooker. I don't really have backup in prop. Got Polway there, who's you know looked good last week, but it's not going to set up tries every week going forward. Yeah, I'm a bit scared, man. I'd be really, really satisfied with top hundred. Well, look, you're not too far off, that's for sure. And you're getting some trips back, right, Mitch Moses? Uh, named this week, so that's good for you. Yeah, well, he's broken his finger, so I, I guess he's probably not going to go down the Corey Norman route. Just that he's probably going to go easy. Might have it strapped or something. I mean, to be fair, he's got nine more that are perfectly healthy, so you can't rule it out when it comes to Mitch Moses, mate. Wilf, you did crack the 1,200 barrier, 1,219, so I think is that a little bump up to 1,433? Yeah, a tiny green, which, um, you know, any green's a win. So 1,433, not too far off the top 1K, but, you know, only three rounds left to go. And I also burnt my last trade, just like yourself, Tim, but I did it with an absolute homer pick, bringing in Adam Reynolds, who raised the bat very emphatically for myself, so I was pretty stoked with that. Uh, just uh, well, 
just fingers crossed that he can stay healthy as well as Nico Hines. Otherwise, I'm in a world of hurt. Some pretty handy unicorns there, mate, uh, in final updates to get him to turn up. I've got 12.56, which puts me just outside the top 5,000. Well, only 400 behind you, mate. So three rounds to go. Is it possible? I don't know. But I, unlike the two of you, I still have two trades left. So hopefully uh, can sneak through an advantage. But look, enough of that, guys. Plenty of news to get to this week. Look, we do have to start off with a little bit more of a somber note. Um, yeah, we won't go into a heap of detail given by the time we're recording this, it's been well publicized and very well fast spread. Uh, but obviously with the passing of Paul Green in the last week, uh, really devastating loss for a lot of people. You know, I obviously never knew the guy, uh, watched him play footy for a, for a long time. And, you know, he was a Bronco for a while. So there was some connection there, but it's just, it's so interesting how you can feel a sense of loss. For someone who you'd never knew personally, but yeah, it was just um, you know I was sick, quite sick. I was feverish on the day I found out about it, and yeah, I was just like, "Well, is this real life?" Or yeah, I was just totally shocked. Well, we're not going to go too deep into it. I did want to share a little bit just from uh, some words that Jonathan Thurston was saying when he was interviewed about it. Obviously, this has hit really, really hard for him uh, with the loss of Paul Green, who I mean, he he described him as not just a mentor but an actual mate. Um, but I, I think it's he used it to really bring out a really strong message. He talked about how it's just really, really tough time. And for him, you know, he, he used it to speak about mental health. And, and I'm going to quote uh, something, uh, an interview which he shared. Look, I was going to play the clip, but then I found myself struggling a little bit just listening to it. So I didn't want to uh, cry on air myself. But <laughs> he talked about how mental health, it just doesn't discriminate. It can grab you and take you to a place where you feel like the only option is to go down that path and commit suicide. For all of us, not only men, but society, I think we need to talk about our feelings. I'm sure that everyone has got someone close that they can talk to about what is going on in their lives and what they are going through just to be there to listen to a friend. I don't have all the answers, but throughout my life, I've reached out to someone professionally to help me. This person has been able to give me building blocks to get me through what I've been going through. And then he said, uh, I understand people don't have a psychologist and things like that, but there are helplines out there you can call and hopefully a GP that you can talk to about getting that mental health check. Mental health has really come to the forefront in the last 10 to 15 years, and before that, it was an era of, she'll be right, mate. Well, it won't be right. It's not going to be right. We need to be there for our mates and to get them to talk about their feelings and what they're going through and to seek professional help if they need it. The days are gone of, she'll be right. Suicide has taken far too many lives in this country, and we need to be able to talk about it. So look, I just think he iterated that point so, so well. And obviously, given how emotional he was, it, it just was a really powerful message. So I don't know. I just think it's so good that he is obviously using tragedy to hopefully you know, speak out about a really serious issue. And to the NRL's credit, they've also been quite open um, in, in terms of talking about the NRL State of Mind campaign that they've been speaking of. A lot of players coming out. Nico Hines, a huge one there. Jackson Hastings is very vocal on Twitter about all of that type of stuff. So I think it's really encouraging to see that, but yeah, it's just sad that it's taken such a tragic event for you know a lot more of this to come out into the forefront. Yeah, lots of great um, initiatives and obviously actions like this, or, or you know, really unfortunate events like this, really do you know trigger 
not only kind of an outpouring of grief, but a lot of self-reflection. I guess all I'd like to say, and again, Wilf, I don't want to harp too much on this, is that I don't think it's enough just to let people know that you're available to chat, you know, that that here's my number, you call me whenever. I think, you know, it's on us, um, you know, as blokes, as girls, as whoever really, to be proactive in reaching out to people and checking in uh, on people, just that kind of passivity to say, hey, I'm available, that is that is a great gesture. But, you know, sometimes it's it's when the black dog grabs hold, it's not going to be enough for people to know that you're there and reaching out because, you know, things don't make sense. You've got to, uh, got to be proactive about it. So it's pretty much all I'll say on it. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And, and it's great to see how many people, you know, putting up their hands saying they're here for a chat if you need and all that type of stuff. But absolutely agree. Sometimes we've just got to be more proactive ourselves and reach out and check in on your mates and, and things like that. So, Tim, anything you wanted to chip in with there? Or? Yeah, I'll chip in. I, not something I've spoken about a great deal, but um, I've had mental health issues since pretty much leaving high school. I have issues with depression, but mostly anxiety. And it's something that I'm fairly comfortable talking about. But when it does come to the time where you actually do need to talk to somebody, it's sometimes not as easy as it sounds, you know what I mean? It's You don't feel like... People are, you really want to, you know, bombard people with that. But that just comes from, I guess, from the when you are feeling quite down and low, it's usually, you know, having issues with self worth and things like that. So you, you're definitely worthy of, of help and definitely worthy of, you know, people's time. So, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, get some good help and in, in, a, in a better place, um, but still have tough times myself. But yeah, look, the, the thing I want to also say is it's, it's something that's hard to really recognize in a lot of people. Sometimes people can, you know, mask it and, you know, hide it quite well. Obviously, there's Robin Williams is just a standout example of, of that, someone who could just make everybody laugh, but behind the scenes and when he's alone, it's much different. So um, yeah, look, it, it's, I think it, the main thing is normalizing it, making people aware that it's not, you know, when they say it's not weak to speak, it's like, it's definitely not. It's actually sh- takes a lot of strength. And it's like, if you, if you, if you're prepared to, to do that, uh, it feels a lot better once you get it off your chest and speak to somebody, whether that's just a close mate, your parents, or yeah, a pro- professional if, lifelines, uh, you know, you can talk to a stranger over the phone too, without even having to, you know, step outside the house if you're doing it that tough. So there's definitely a lot of services and help out there. Very well said, mate. Okay, guys, obviously no easy way to transition into, you know, Supercoach News and Supercoach Footy, but it's a Supercoach podcast, so we're going to plough on. Wilf NRLW season kicks off this weekend, which which will be a nice little, I guess, alternative to some of the boys running around. Yeah, and look, we're obviously, it's not like this uh, NRLW Supercoach, but very exciting initiative. The NRL uh, Mixer is coming in. That's an uh, initiative from the actual NRL. They're combining their fantasy NRL and NRLW, basically, in a nutshell, six players that you can choose each week, three from the NRL and three from the NRLW. And they get fantasy scores just like they do normally. And it's just about you can boost one male player and one female player and see who scores the most. So I think it would be a bit of fun um, if we do create a league. We'll tweet it out so you can join us and take us on, even though it's not our uh, forte fantasy, that's for sure. But, yeah, just a bit of fun. Good to support the initiative because I think I'm pretty sure this is the only one in existence uh, of any sort of sport in the world, not just the NRL itself. Um, in some 
other interesting news. So someone who's very popular and very uh, relevant for Supercoach lately, that's uh, a winger from the Roosters, but he's apparently come out and he's updated that his, you know, we've been pronouncing his name incorrectly the whole time. He's not too mm. fussed, but he has come out and wanted to clarify um, just, again, it's to to celebrate his culture, his heritage, mm. but it's actually pronounced Joseph Suwali'i uh, instead of Swali, like we've been pronouncing. So can you do that again? I just want to get it get it familiarized. Suwali'i? Suwali'i? Yeah, it's kind of like the Papali'i type ending, but uh, with the Swa at the front there. I'm not pronouncing it perfectly. I can and guarantee that. And we're doing things I overheard on one of the uh, Fox programs that um, Nick Co- uh, Cottridge is no longer going by Cottridge. Okay, he's changing it back. Yeah, he's going back to Cottridge. Uh, just Kotrick, yeah. Kotrick, okay. Yeah, it's Kotrick now. Relax on the pronunciation. This is a absolute pet peeve of mine because NRL teams have been doing pronunciation guides all the way back to, I remember, South Sydney more than a decade ago when Jeremy Smith was playing for them. They did, you know... What, people have double pronouncing Smith? Yeah, a bunch of the Pacifica guys uh, playing for the Rabbitohs actually, you know, they were filmed on video pronouncing their name the proper way and then it ended with Jeremy Smith, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> as, as, a, as, a, as a Maori bloke. Um, it, it boggles the mind that the NRL haven't wised up and issued, you know, pronunciation guides. And if they have, then the commentators need to do a lot better on that. If, you, if you're a professional, yeah. it's on you to understand the pronunciation of the guys that you are getting paid uh, to call. So, yeah, look, you know, it's a shame that that Joseph Suali'i, um, it's taken him, you know, a year and a half to feel confident enough to speak out. It should never get to the point where he needs to speak out because there should be pronunciation guides issued by every team and you know, the Foxes, the Channel Nines, all the commentators should follow that. It's um, it's not just Pacifica name. It's not just the cultural aspect too. Like how frustrating would you find it if, you know, you'd made it to a certain level and they pronouncing your name wrong? Like uh, I'm sure um, Wilfred Z wouldn't like Wilfred Zai or me being Tim Moody being Tim Modje or something weird like that. You know, like get it right, you know, this is my yeah. name. So I get that. I guess my point is it's not just the Pacifica names or the Mary names. It goes back to, you know, when we were playing Supercoach Wolf, certainly, you know, Matt Gillett, um, you look at his name, it's not Gillette, and people just couldn't get their heads around the fact that it was pronounced Gillett, it was spelt Gillett, you know, just some basic respect for the players. Yeah, so I think, you know, we do our best. Like, we, we don't always get it right, but I'm always very conscious. If I know about something, I'll go out of my way to try to learn and, and do what I can to. We're very progressive on the um, Supercoach Champions podcast. We do our best. But, you know, you, you, you alluded to some other other news that uh, dropped in the recent times. I mean, obviously, Kalen Ponga, Kurt Mann, uh, hanging out in the cubicle. I don't know. Just doing what boys do. Sword fighting, perhaps. Who knows? Uh, look, obviously, the interesting thing is the NRLs come in and drug tested them, which I think that's surprising. I suppose it, that they've intervened, but yeah, obviously this is a still developing situation. We don't know if there's going to be any sort of uh, standing down or, or any other, you know, more significant issues. Like, I mean, if they are found to have been taking drugs or whatever, there could be, you know, a show cause notice issued and that type of disciplinary action. Speaking of disciplinary, uh, Bradman Best and Anari Tuala. Hey, what's that one? Didn't meet team standards. Look, I don't know exactly, but apparently they missed the team bus. 
Oh, I thought team standards meant that they weren't good enough for the side. They just weren't playing well enough. I'm thinking Newcastle Knights aren't good enough by NRL standards. Who they what can't the talk. Other fifteen guys. Yeah, no. I guess you know, it, in terms of maybe the, the professional standards of being on time to get on the bus to go home with the team. Who knows? Either way, they've been stood down for the week, so that's well, why. Well, then, well, if we could say that you're not up to team standards um, based on your last sort of uh, twenty five weeks. <laughs> Rough, rough. Sorry, mate. He's uh, a busy man. He's a busy man. <laughs> well, as far as I'm concerned, it's not until the, the podcast hits record that we're starting, right? So I'm not late till that happens. That's right. Uh, look, jumping over the signing news, uh, you know, Titans making some moves. They brought over Sam Verrills from the Roosters. Verrills, who had an absolute great game this week. Uh, really, really, uh, yeah, probably one of his best games for the Roosters. He's been signed by the Titans for 2023, so... No doubt, uh, Verils will be looking to really you know, nail down some sort of full-time role, not just play second fiddle to you know the incoming Brandon Smith, who was obviously you know waiting for him if he stuck around at the Roosters. You know, he's a pretty good player. I mean, you know, he's played in a grand final, scored a grand final try, and I think it's, this is a great signing for the Titans. It's exciting for them for next year, believe it or not. <laughs> no, Verils has played well. If he if he's fit, then he's the distributor the Titans need. Um, I think in hindsight, uh, next year the Roosters might look back and realise he was the distributor they needed because he's certainly better from dummy half than Brandon Smith. So good sign. And they've also extended Aaron Clark, who was formerly their hooker, and it seems like they want him to be more of a, like their middle forward, kind of lock forward role. Uh, and he's been extended for quite a while to the end of 2025. So they've obviously seen some promise in what he's been bringing the last few weeks, and he's got himself a big deal. As a result, so good on Aaron because uh, there was a time where he might not be playing footy next year. Uh, so he's you know put in some good form and, and earned that extension. Speaking of further extensions, Talatau Amone from the Dragons uh, off, off again you know a huge game this week uh, extended to the end of twenty twenty four. So I think that's a good retention for the Dragons. He's got some talent. He's obviously inconsistent like a lot of young kids are, but you can certainly see the promise. So it's good that they're investing in, in their younger guys rather than. Uh, you know, some of their money ball purchases that aren't, aren't working out, perhaps. Uh, another young fella, Harry Rushton from the Raiders. He's been, uh, well, formerly from the Raiders because he's been released immediately. He'd come over from, the, from, from England for two years. Didn't quite work out, unfortunately. Injuries and other issues have, uh, yeah, obviously limited his opportunities here in Australia. He's gone back to the ESL, taking a three-year deal straight away. So good on him. But, you know, one team he hasn't left, Wilf? <laughs> my super coach team. That's exactly right. You mean Captain Rushton, where I've used him a couple of times for looping. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also Brent Naden, extended by the Tigers the end of 2025. Of course, the tri-screen machine himself. <laughs> he's a grand know. finalist. Yeah, fair call. I'm just trying to chip him up. He's not, he's not that bad, man. People give him a hard time. He's all right, man. He's all right. All right. Yeah, maybe. For for Tigers fans, they're hoping he's a little bit more than all right to extend him for that many years, but oh well. <laughs> I can see Joe there going, thank goodness he's not at the Bulldogs anymore. I'm just keeping quiet, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, people people t- say that Trent Barrett is the, uh, you know, being sacked is the reason why the Bulldogs turned it around. I think Brett Naden leaving the club has at least as much to do with it. But anyway, carry on. Jumping over to injuries, so we'll try to fly through these because a lot of them, there's, there's been a lot, but not too many of them are super coach relevant. But look, Taylor May with the shoulder injuries, 
the Panthers came out and said round 25, but he's already been named in the 20 jersey this week. So interesting on that one. We'll have to see if there's any hope that he might come back a bit earlier. Liam Martin suffered an ankle injury, looked pretty bad, but it's one of those lateral ankle injuries where, as per NRL Physio, and shout out to uh, the, uh, the <laughs> Magic Sponge podcast as always. Check them out if you want more detailed injury news there. But yeah, they look worse than they, they actually are. So He's been named to play, but initially, you know, they're saying most lateral ankle sprains are like one or two weeks recovery. So there's a chance he may miss this game. Good thing, obviously, is that uh, he plays pretty early on. Dylan Edwards has uh, that sternum injury, but he's been named to play this week. And, you know, he's a tough bugger, so probably he will roll himself out there. Jerome Hughes had the shoulder. The update is that he's obviously been named and is expected to play, of course, because he's going to come against the Broncos. Of course, he's going to want to play and thrash the Broncos as the Storm always do. No injuries out of the Warriors and Bulldogs, thankfully. For the Eels and the Rabbitohs, there was a fair few, but look, Lachlan Ilias was a late withdrawal due to a backslash hamstring injury, but he's been named, expected back this week. Campbell Graham's finally back as named. Tom Burgess, so we thought he might have been dropped, but it turned out to be a groin injury. And uh, they were hoping he'd be back, but not at this point in time. The big news during the week was Latrell Mitchell. He left training, uh, I think, yesterday with a bit of a groin concern with his right groin. He had a massive bag of ice on it. And yeah, so he's been named, expected to play at this stage, but I think it seems pretty touch and go. And you've got to think, if he even if he does play, surely he may not be goal kicking. And that's probably just something to think about if you're obviously considering the VC or the captaincy on him. Uh, I think if he plays, you've got to roll him out, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got a plane, but he was originally my VC until the growing concern, and I'll probably look to switch that up. Great thinking. Great minds. That's where I was at too. No injuries out of the Roosters and Cowboys. For the Tigers and the Sharks, Toby Rudolph uh, injured his knee, bit of a suspected MCL injury. Sifatalika, obviously the shoulder came out You know, a couple of days before the game. Bit of a rotator cuff and also some cartilage damage there. But Initially, they said he might be available, but he's not anywhere on the team sheet, so... Hopefully, it's just you're giving him more time so he'll be 100% fit when he comes back. Matt Moreland had that quad uh, injury, but he's been named, expected to play for the Broncos and the Knights. So pre-game, Brenko Lee withdrew due to hamstring tightness. So I think they're giving him a little bit of time to recover there. Kobe Hetherington uh, was knocked out, failed his HIA, has a six-day turnaround. So they need him to basically progress through protocols without any failures because otherwise he won't get through the full concussion protocol in time and he'd miss the game if that's the case. Clever was a, a pre-game withdrawal, obviously with that knee aggravation. At the stage, he's been named to come back, but obviously he's managing that knee injury, unfortunately. No injuries out of the Raiders and, Raiders and Dragons, which is good. And lastly, Titans and Seagulls. Aside from you know the Seagulls, you know, the, the, the walking wounded, on top of a whole heap of other things there. So Jason Saab, unfortunately, ACL injury, gone for the season. Also, Jake Travojevic broke his hand, and he's been ruled out for the rest of the season as well. I think that's regardless of whether they do make finals, even though it seems more and more unlikely that they do. With a broken hand, do they put that in a cast? Is he going to be able to do the thumbs up? What's Or is it just like in a permanent thumbs up? Like I hope they shape it so he's got the thumb permanently up for him. I think he's been straight to surgery so they can get that thumb up uh, in, in, in fine form as soon as possible. They can just freeze it there. Um, so, yeah, fairly lengthy but not a lot of major injuries there, Wilf. Um, looking at the suspensions, all a host of grade ones and all of them early pleas, which means no suspensions. Running through them quickly, Matt Burton, Ryan Madison, Tui Kamakamika, Lucy Leilua, Joseph Suali'i, 
Tig Wilton, Anthony Milford and Dylan Walker, so they just get off with the early plea and the fines. All right, let's jump straight to our crunching the numbers. All right, it's crunching the numbers, sponsored by Carl McGrath Accounting. If you want to make sure you're not fudging the numbers when it comes to your taxes, make sure you get Carl to help out. Wilf, you are talking centre wings this week. Yeah, so look, last week it was the back row, and we looked at four trending back rowers who had been doing really well. It's, uh, I just wanted to really re- quickly recap because we highlighted how good Cam Murray was, and I think our consensus was he's the guy you want to get in. Mm-hmm. 89 points later, I really wish I had another trade. I would have spent it on Cam Murray. Uh, the other two names that we liked out of the list of four were Sean Lane and Keon Kolo Matangi. Both smashed it out of the park again. And the one name that we weren't too hot on, Jeremiah Nanai. Uh, he was the one who unfortunately flopped at those four. So, yeah, uh, sometimes diving into the numbers actually helps. Do you remember me throwing a smokey out in this conversation? I did. I, was, I, I wasn't going to leave you hanging there, Tim. I was going to shout out. I thought you were leaving me hanging there. Mr. Britton Okora uh, uh, was a respectable 79 points there. Not too very, bad. Not too very respectable out. for a uh, 400 and something or other K guy at the time. Yes. Absolutely. So it was a good shout for sure. So hopefully we can uh, do a bit more of that with the center wing dive this week. So look, I'm borrowing uh, from a, a bit of a recent resource. So sorry, some of you know of this account already. It's the NRL Supercoach Pro. You can find him on Twitter at, at NRL Pro. If you haven't checked it out, like his website slash app is mind blowing. It's next level. Um, and it's probably better if you just check it out and play around with it, find out what it can do. But you, you can find out, you know, how many trades your head-to-head opponent for this week probably has left and, and you know, who they captained last week and all that type of stuff. So lots and lots of juicy goss on there. But what I did was look at the top 1,000, the roster percentages for center wing. So it's really interesting because you look at the, the ownership, uh, the, the rostered ownership of, you know, certain players in the top 1,000 because obviously for most of us, that's still our goal or at least somewhere around there. You can actually filter it to the top 10, top 50, top 100, top 5,000. So, you know, whatever's more relevant for you, it might be worth diving into. But for for myself, you know, top 1K is my aim, so I'm, I'm going to use that. So of the top 1,000 teams in Supercoach right now, 90% of those teams have Joey Manu, 85% have Ruben Garrick, 48% have Val Holmes, and 44% have Ronaldo Molotalo. These are probably the four guys that have played most weeks. I have all of those. Yeah. I, I don't have Garrick and Holmes, which is probably why I'm not quite in the one, top 1K yet. Another two really highly owned players, but not currently playing, Grant Anderson, 65% ownership, and Taylor Matt, 59%. So dropping to the next tier of ownership, I guess you could say, you've got uh, Isaac Tungo at 30%. Uh, Brian Toto at 29%, Adam Dwayhe at 29 Isaiah Tass at 25 Zach Lomax at 25 and CSF Vitalikai at 21%. So I found it really interesting looking at those names because that's anywhere from 210 to 900 of the teams in the top 1K have some combination of all or some of those players there. Now, from that list, though, you look at their three-round averages and only Adam Dwayhe cracks 80.3. So he's obviously the best-performing of all of the center wings of that list. Next up, you've got Ruben Garrick at 67.3 and Joey Minor at 67. Now, surprisingly, the next name is Isaiah Tass with 59, three-round average. 
Val Holmes at 54, Isaac Tungo at 53, and Ronnie Mulatalo at 48. So what you can see from that is that center wing really hasn't been performing very well. And I think a lot of us have felt that. You know, a lot of our mm. high, highly expensive, super expensive, I mean, Joey Miner was over 900K, you know, hasn't really given that output, uh, even though 67 is, you know, third highest of these rostered players here. So looking at all of that, it just seems like there's a real opportunity here in center wing to, to pot up and chase some upside. Uh, from a lot of the highly rostered players. So the first name that kind of jumps out is Alex Johnston. He's in 13.5% of the top 1,000 teams with a three-round average of 66.3. So that's 135 teams in the top 1K have Alex Johnston. So yeah, looking, I did a bit of a deeper dive and it's kind of crazy, but the top averaging uh, player of you know the last three, four rounds is actually Ed Cossey from the Warriors. He is currently sitting on a three-round average of 84.3 and oh. a four-round average. Well, four. he's been back in the team for four games, basically, and he's averaging 80.3 in those four games. He can't keep doing that, though, can he? Like, has he just gotten that under the radar? Like, did he have a good little patch and now he's going to bait out a bit just so his average comes down where it probably should? Like, if he's that good, then he's probably someone that we should have on our radar next year or and like he was pretty consistent man what it wasn't very good remember if you remember that uh 70 point thrashing by the storm mm. like that led to Corsi getting dropped so that was back in round seven he's fought his way back into the team and as of round 18 since then he scored 68 114 57 and 82 against the eels the storm the bunnies and the bulldogs so wow. it's not like they've just been you know super easy Matchups there. The Warriors have obviously played a little bit better, but they got flogged a couple of those games as well. So, can you yeah. dive? I know you like to dive deep. Could you dive a little bit deeper for us, Wilf, and tell us how he's been getting these points? Like, what's how, like- yeah? Look, he's he's scoring tries. He's scoring tries, obviously. Yeah, he's a center wing with a massive, uh, you know, three round average. He's scoring tries. Yeah, but look, he has obviously scored seven tries in those four games. So, wow. yeah, it's a big part of it, obviously. But two teams in the top 1K actually have Kossi in their team at the moment. So they're either geniuses or hardcore Warriors fans. I don't know which one it is. But uh, they've probably a good way that they've shot up the, the leaderboard there. One might say there are mutually exclusive things, geniuses <laughs> and hardcore Warrior fans, but I digress. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> another name that kind of jumped out was Bo Firma. So currently 11 teams in the top 1K have Firma in their team, sitting on a 76 three-round average. He's been going quite well since, you know, since I traded him out pretty much. So you can thank me for my sacrifice there. A couple other names. Only 13 teams currently have Selwyn Cobo in the top 1K. Oh. He's only come back for two games and obviously That's scored good. 18 and then 119 last week with the hat trick. But yeah, look, it's safe to say that that second game back, he looked far more confident, much more assured, less tentative, which that was uh, probably one of the concerns there. The smile's back. Yeah, the smile is definitely back and getting cuter every time he scores a try. Mm, what a sweetie. Yes, Corey Oates on the other edge is actually surprisingly, uh, you know, sitting on a three-round average of 60.7. Considering the Broncos lost two of those three games and only won one of them, he's going pretty well. Uh, he's only in three of the top 1K teams as well. And then, you know, we mentioned Talata Amone, 141 with a hat trick himself there. Nine teams in the top 1K, and he's coming against the Titans this week. And lastly, you know, David Nofaluma, a 48 and 65 since going over to the Storm. 15 teams have traded him in, in the top 1K. 
yeah, look, there's opportunities here. I've only plucked a couple of names from, from that list out. I think there's a lot of potential to swing for the fences. You know, I've, I, I took a risk on Daniel Tupo. He's in my team this week. I think it's a pretty decent matchup the Roosters have, and I'm hoping Tupo can get it done for me. You know, I'd love for him to outscore someone like a Ruben Garrick. And, you know, he's got a tougher matchup against the Sharks. So if Garrick, he might probably still score a 60-70, but if Tupo can score me 100, I don't doesn't hurt me that much not to have Garrick this week. So, you know, I think there's opportunities potentially based on matchups, based on some of your learned ownership guys to rotate your sun wings and take a risk on one or two really low uh, rostered guys. Yeah, really really good uh, options there, Wilf, and, and plenty of thoughts for me with my two trades left because I think at least one of them will be a pod center wing just to try and push me up the rankings in those final weeks. Can I interest you in uh, Nick Kotrick with one team in the top 1,000 with him? Thank you for pronouncing his name correctly. Um, you, you're a fast, adaptive learner too, Wilf, that's why... <laughs> They pay you the big bucks, mate. Knights, Seagulls and Tigers last three games. <laughs> well, apart from Joe Tarpany, he might be one of the few uh, other options because, gee, you want to you wanna load up on anyone playing the Knights, not only this week, but, but for the rest of the year, right? I think they're a prime target for anyone who gets a, a crack at them, obviously given you know the Broncos had a pretty easy time with things, even though they played pretty poorly themselves, honestly. But still won quite comfortably, so... Yeah, Nick Kotrick, eh? <laughs> I don't know who this one team in the top 1,000 is, but that is a ballsy pick. A genius or a hardcore Canberra supporter. Again, mutually exclusive terms. But um, that's all thanks to Carl McGrath Accountant. Get in contact with Carl's tax times here. Uh, he'll do your tax return and will legally maximise your tax refund, whether it's just a basic tax return or accounting for things like rental properties, capital gains on share trading or crypto trading. Carl can help you out and record everything correctly. Um, being small, Carl has very few overheads so he can pass on the savings to his clients. If you need more than just a tax return, Carl can help you out with all aspects of accounting, like BAS lodgement and data entry. So uh, Carl's also doing a special for Champions Podcast listeners, 99 bucks for a basic tax return. And look, even if you don't have a basic tax return, as usual, he'll still look after you on price. And as usual, he'd love to have a bit of super coach chat too. So let's move on to the teams. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations, the rest of you made the team. Except you, you and you. So we've covered a lot of the injury and suspension outs uh, earlier in the show, but we can go through some of the interesting stuff from a Supercoach perspective, starting with Rabbitohs Panthers, uh, a blockbuster even without a lot of uh, the big-name players this Thursday. Campbell Graham comes back in the centres. Uh, Isaac Thompson, a popular buy, playing his third game this week, has actually been dropped to the reserves. Good to see Elias back at seven. Latrell named, but we've got Blake Taff at 18. Dylan Edwards back for the Panthers and Taylor May in the reserves. Tim, usually this would be an obvious target for a VC, but anyone jumping out at you here? I would say no, it wouldn't be a normal obvious target for a VC this game, just because the Panthers have great defence, but obviously now it's a bit of a weaker side. You could look at it, you know, the Storm um, did a job on us last week. With um, Latrell being a little bit, yeah, yeah, like um, having these groin niggle there, I'd be reluctant to do it. I, I did like it as a VC. Just as I thought not many people would do it against Penrith, but I still thought he'd light it up, especially considering he wasn't there for the grand final against the Panthers last year. But yeah, I'd probably avoid this one unless you are confident in like that Bunnies can pump the Panthers or put a 
do a pretty good job on him. And you want to go Alex Johnson just as a real potish, potish one. You know what I mean? I can't see Latrell with a niggle not kick. If he's not kicking, I can't see him hunting up. I feel like it'll be like an 80 to 100 maybe, but I know that's still a ton, but yeah. Not loopable for sure. So we'll yeah. maybe a bit more luck with Cowboys-Warriors, uh, the Friday 6 p.m. game. Kyle Feltz back on the wing. Pushing the hammer to interchange. I think that means better minutes for both uh, Tamalolo and Ruben Cotter, who is killing it. Thank God I held him. And the Warriors are 1 to 17, Will. So, what about a VC in this game? Yeah, I mean, pre team list, I would have said Scott Drinkwater, a prime target for a VC, you know, even a Val Holmes or whatever. But it's that whole hammer issue. Sitting on the bench, who's he come on for? Does he replace Hiku? Does Holmes get a rest? Because he's obviously played heaps this year with Origin as well. Does Jinky have a potential, you know, a six out of ten game? And you know, Todd Payton goes, "Look, Scott's not your day. Hammer, you have a go at fullback for for twenty minutes, and it certainly caps any sort of upside there for him." Unfortunately, so it's a tough one. I look. This is the reason I kind of dodged Drinky uh, from the outset. You know, after they had that whole drama with Felt being injured and then coming back, and then Hammer going to the bench. So you know, it hurt me a few weeks, but I, I feel like at least it's one thing I don't have to stress about. <laughs> Basically. No, he's going to hurt you this week too, Wilfie. Don't you worry about that. Oh, look. So you're slapping the VC on him? Oh, I might go there. I might go there. I might have a little sniff at Val. Um, I don't mind drink water. I do see what you say. The, the hammer could come on and spell him. But look, he had a bad game only a couple of rounds ago. I'm sure he wants to really pay attention to his form leading into the finals. I'm sure they hate to lose his job. But I don't I don't see that the coach would want to... I guess he's got to come on for someone. I'm just being really goggly here. But he's come on for Hiko in the past. So let's say it'll be Hiko. All right. Broncos Storm, the other Friday night game. Broncos are 1-17 after their scratchy win on the weekend. But big news for the Storm is that Jerome Hughes is back at 7. Uh, and you've got young Tonic Payer named at centre. It really is the strongest Storm lineup for weeks, Wilf. Um, what's your read on on this game? Usually you just load up on your Storm boys and, and the Broncos batting down the hatches. Yeah, and look, I, I still might do that. Like I, I'm a, a Broncos realist and I'm fully expecting Storm 13 plus this week. The Storm just have a habit of doing it all the time to the Broncos. Even back, and this is when the Broncos were at kind of at their peak, right? 2015, 2016, they were high, flying high, you know, top four for most of those two seasons. And the Storm didn't matter. They'd come on and they'd put 40 on the Broncos and the Broncos would be lucky to keep up. So, yeah, uh, ever since then, like, it doesn't matter if it's at Suncorp or whatever, the Storm just uh, have a habit. Like, there's so many Queenslanders in that team as well. They just... They love playing at Suncorp, so it's it's not really a, a, an away ground for, for the Storm. So, yeah, honestly, I, I was originally thinking of uh, Latrell VC Munster C because I think Munster, even though he's been named at six, could end up easily still playing fullback given I think that's what they did last week, right? They still just did the light, light, light switch, uh, especially with Hughes back. If he does come back, that's even more reason for Munster to yeah slot him at the back because he he's so good there. It's just it's maddening how good he is despite not even playing there. Yeah, and you've got to imagine with the game in Brisbane that Wayne Bennett will be in the crowd to watch and no doubt Munster will want to impress his future coach. Um, So I've got Stacy Boy, right? And I was just thinking, like, that last game they played, it was 32 
to 20 to Storm. I thought from memory Stags played well, but he actually only scored 35. He scored well against the Panthers and the Roosters earlier in the year. And then he's only really had one other blinder against the Dragons in the hundreds. So oh, he's had an 80 there, but the rest of them have been really like 30s and 19s and 27s and yucks. I think he's probably a sit this week. He'll be running at um, Justin Ollum, so I can see him wanting to have one of those uh, contests that he likes to have. But I don't think it doesn't go to his favour. I mean, he down dated from like 64 to 38 last week. I think that yeah, he took, took his points off and gave him to your bloody A-Ray, mate. Yeah, it's one of those contentious ones where like Adam's pass gives him a fairly easy two-on-one in that, you know, it was basically two-on-one, but he had a lot to do still. He still had to run 10, 15 metres, draw the, draw the winger and then deliver uh, the final pass to send Cobber over. So I totally understand uh, I, I honestly thought he'd get it, but it reminded me very much of a, a very similar Teddy Manu situation in the past uh, from a couple of years back. It's clearly still stuck in my head. I've got PTSD on that one because mm. Manu was absolutely robbed in that situation. But that's enough of that. Um, let's keep moving forward. Speaking of uh, teams that have the wood on other teams, Bulldogs thrashed the Eels 34-4 last game and, and traditionally uh, have, have the better of it against their Western Sydney rivals. But the Eels do welcome back Mitchell Moses at seven, pushing Jesse Arthur out. Bulldogs are pretty much one to 17, although Luke Thompson and Pankai Jr. are in the reserves. It has a feel of a fairly high-scoring game. Without Moses, Dylan uh, Brown's been doing really well. I don't think there's any real VC or C options here, Tim, in this game. Maybe there is. I think like if it's going to be a high-scoring game, I think that the doggies don't really focus too much on their defence um, under Potter. They're sort of really just playing free-range uh, footy and doing what they want, playing what they see. So Para have the ability to put points on and also leak points as well. So potentially you could have a look. I mean... You could maybe, if you think, I don't mind the idea of a Brown or not so much Moses for myself because he's coming back with a finger and I'd hate for him to cause more damage and go off straight away. But maybe a Lane or a, like if they could score, Lane could get a double and be involved in a bit and he, he could be a bit of an option. Maybe a Sevo for people that own Sevo. He could go over for a hat trick or something like that. I was considering sitting Sivo this week. <laughs> really? Up, up against superstar Karaz. Um, no, man, you've got to play Sivo, man. What about when the chance starts going up, he scores and it's Sivo, Sivo. Like, come on, man. You don't want, you want to be yelling Sivo too. You don't want to be sitting there going, that's that power. Is it Bankwest or Combank? Yeah, it's Combank. But like that, that was last week too, and it didn't really help him. So <laughs> play him. Play him and thank me later. All right, I can blame you if it goes pear-shaped. Thanks, Tim. Well, that's fine. If he doesn't work out for me, I'll um, I'll do an extra shoey. <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to have to do a shoey against Joe for that other bet we placed last week. You guys have been a real stickler for the rules. <laughs> all right. Speaking of stickler for the rules, I'm going to keep you all to time. Sea Eagle Sharks, the Saturday game at Four Pines. Morgan Harper's back at centre just in time for Talakai to uh, absolutely railroad him again, but... Talakai missing, very unfortunately. He'll instead be up against Connor Tracy at centre. Matt Moylan comes back at six. Plenty of injuries as we've gone through with Manly. Uh, Dylan Walker starting at lock and Bullimore coming back to the bench. You know, you've been talking up the Sharks' run, Tim, for weeks now. 
I think the Seagulls are in a pretty tough spot. So Nico, yeah. an obvious captaincy option. I think he's an obvious captaincy option, but I think a lot more people might be leaning towards a late VC option in him. He could be a good popular captaincy option, but I think a lot of people are going to want to find their captain in the next game we're going to talk about. Roosters Tigers, yeah. Well, Roosters mm. are 1-17. to 17. They're starting to get their form back. Not a lot doing at the Tigers with Marlo back on the wing and Jimmy the Jet uh, quite deservedly dropped. Wilf, talk us through the captaincy options here. Yeah, look, obviously Teddy's the very obvious one. He's, he's obviously played the Tigers a number of times as a Rooster and enjoys it. You know, there's nothing like getting one up against the old team, but not in a Corey Norman way. Touche, <laughs> <laughs> touche. Uh, Joey Miner is a very obvious one as well, given I think he's going to be up against a friendly matchup. Is it going to be Kapow or Tower? Or is it Tower? I think it should be Kapow. He's been playing left center from memory. So, you know, Kapow and, and Brent Naden on that left side, it could be anything. I know Kapow's played pretty well, but, you know, Joey Miner is a whole new kettle of fish so i definitely think uh you know, if, if you want to play it safe teddy's the clear obvious one there if you want to get super risky you could throw the c on someone like a sam walker or a suwali he also oh, jeez i'm so sorry i'm so like i'm a slow learner and i that's something i've identified in the last 12 months i wish i had learned that at school my teachers were trying to tell me that but <laughs> i didn't believe them <laughs> Yeah, I'm, not lying. I'm not lying. Against Brent Naden is a definite shout as well. We know Naden makes some questionable decisions at the best of times. And uh, honestly, like the Roosters, if they play like they did last week, the Tigers won't know what hit them. Yeah, no, very, very true. Uh, Dragons, Titans, um, I don't know how much is doing here, although the Titans have come into form. Uh, Dragons are 1-17. to Tino is back and dropping Jared Wallace to the extended bench. I don't think for feet there's any kind of captaincy option despite that one beast mode run. And, yeah, Dragons, not much in the way of captaincy options there. Just leaving us the last game of the week, which is Knights-Raiders. We said load up on the Raiders if you've got them. Tarpanay's back at prop. Kotrick's on the wing, that uh, super ultra duper pod uh, <laughs> with only one uh, team in the top 1,000 owning him. Uh, drops Hopawade to the extent of the bench. But, look, um, Clemmer does come back for the Knights and Edric Lee on the wing, and I still think it might be a cricket score for the Raiders, Wolf. Yeah, look, the, the thing with the Raiders is, right, they just they find ways to lose games they shouldn't lose. And you look at their draw and you think this should be three games in a row for them, but I just get the feeling they're going to lose one of them somehow. And as much as this seems like the least likely to happen, the Knights playing at home, who knows, they might just suddenly turn up and the Raiders don't, and... Yeah, <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm not expecting that. I, I think, yeah, you're right. You've got to go with the, the Raiders players. Uh, Jordan Ruppin is a good smoky as well if you want to be, you know, roll the dice on the judiciary, honestly, more than anything. Uh, but look, any risk to playing Joey Tarpane first game back or is there any risk that he doesn't play this game? Last game of the round, how are you going to cover him? Well, that is scary. I, didn't, I don't own him, but jeez. Yeah, well, I mean, geez, you could totally be stuck, couldn't you? What if they decide to just go, nah, let's give him another week and they put someone else in the mix? Um, That's awkward. I'd be a little bit 
hesitant to play him just in case he like ribs can be. But if he's needled up, he and he cops another one. He should be sweet, right? But it's also the Knights, so you know the the idea of an early an early mark to to nurse your ribs is is pretty high. So I could see him playing fifty minutes, like or late, like he's been playing a little bit more than that recently. So I think he yeah. Not it was a revenge game for him too. So who knows? He might still want to get one up on the old club. But you, this is the unknown about it. Like. Shout out to NRL Physio. He's done some numbers uh, on his Patreon, but long story short, there is usually a drop in production. And you've seen that with Ryan Madison recently. When he's come back from his rib cartilage injury, he's definitely, you know, he's averaging 70s before that injury. And since he's been back, he's hitting 50, 55 at most. So would not be surprised if we're going to have a bit of an issue. But look, I think that's enough for the game previews. Let's take a quick break. Lads. Father's Day in Australia is just around the corner and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this September. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 includes their signature Lawnmower 4.0 and that's the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping using the code CHAMPIONS at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. Fellas, maybe you've seen it with your dad, or maybe you're in denial yourself as a dad yourself, but sometimes as you get older, there's just hair that shows up in the most unexpected places. Maybe you've got some pretty creative stories on how you've had to manage some of the unexpected hair in the past, but look, never fear. Manscaped's performance package 4.0 is here just in time to save the day for your special day. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to hold all these goodies. You've heard me talk about the Lawnmower 4.0 before. I don't need to go through it again, but I do need to talk about the Boxers 2.0 again. They're brand new boxes that, dare I say, are the best boxes ever. We all know dads love their comfort, and with summer just around the corner, the Boxers 2.0 are here to save every father from the uncomfortable heat these new boxes are packed with revolutionary features including the jewel pouch whether you're mowing the lawn taking out the trash or golfing in the sun these moisture wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat dads buy it for yourself sons buy this for you and your dad and ladies if you've got a special man or men in your life buy one for them as well get 20% off and free shipping using the code champions at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code champions make your father's day this september It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. All right. So strategy topic for this week is uh, I wanted to look at the current state of play. You know, we've got three rounds to go. We've had most of the season. We've got some recent trends with the teams. We've been seeing some teams are just really dropping off. You can't trust them. Some teams are really starting to warm up, like the Roosters. And, yeah, look, some team are just perennially uh, trusted. <laughs> they can always turn up at the business end, and that's obviously the likes of your storm. So. I wanted to go through, you know, for overall purposes or even for head-to-head with two weeks to go, the prelims and also for the grand finals next week, you know, which team's players can we actually rely on confidently for Supercoach? Now, we won't spend too much time on your likes of your Tigers, the Titans, the Knights, the Warriors maybe, even the Dragons. I think, you know, you could probably name a handful of players Adam Dwayhees, you Joe Offengawi for the Titans, David Fafita, Bo Firma maybe. Lomax, you'd play Lomax this week against the Titans. Lomax for the for the Dragons, maybe if you want to risk uh, a, a Talatau Amone, given off the back of his you know, monster score. 
know, I don't think there's any knights that you could look at. You know, the Warriors, it's Torhu Harris. Look, there's not that many players from those teams. So let's focus more on these other kind of you know highly rostered players. Bloody Kossi if you got him. <laughs> the Seagulls are the first team I would look at. Daily Cherry Evans, Ruben Garrick, Hamole Olokowatu, really relevant players. A lot of teams have, you know, two or three of those guys in their team. But, you know, two or three of them are not performing very well. I'm fortunate in, in that, I don't know, fortunate if, if is the right word. I haven't had any of these guys all season. So it's not a drama for me. But I'm pretty sure, Garrick, you both have Garrick, right? And Olokowatu as well? No. Yeah, Guok is a huge concern. He's really fallen off pretty much since the, the Pride jersey issue. He's kind of scoring mid-40s to, to early 50s when, you know, previous to that you could pretty much put a 70 in pen, you know, next to his name. So did have the disallowed try, which, you know, has a bit of an impact on his score. But just in general, obviously had an ankle injury, but the workload, uh, the work rate's really dropped off. And he just doesn't, he's not the same just doesn't look the same, not since all this drama's broken out. I genuinely think, like, if you've got trades, you could, like, you, you know, Olakwata to Omari, that's such a, that's an upgrade in my eyes. It's a viable sit. You know, it's not a, it's not a great matchup this week. The Sharks are stingy. I could certainly see if you've got a, a, an alternative, like, you know, if you've got a Cotter or Lolo, I could genuinely get around sitting on Olakwata for one of those guys this week. I don't know. What do you think, Tim? I feel like Lolo is a bit of an awkward one too. I, I, I mean, he's been underperforming. I guess they're playing the Warriors, but I'm just wondering if they get out to a lead, do they decide to just rest him and then get more legs in Cotter and give him more time? So, yeah, as a Lolo owner, I'm a bit nervous about this one. They do have only three forwards on the bench this week compared to four normally, so that's, that's, that's a, in my a tick in the box there. But not for the drink water factor. Ruben Cotter at 518k is a massive buy option, uh, even if you don't want to run him as a backup hooker, uh, having him at uh, second row. Look, the, the issue with Olakowatu is that, you know, he was kind of well into the 600s, the 650s and, and stuff like that at different points of the year. I think he topped out at, at 674. Um, he's down to 526k now, so he's probably more a sit option than he is a trade out option because it's unless you wanted to go to Britain Nakora, who's a little bit less than him, <laughs> still at 509k. Oh, look. Yeah, well, it's 170k to Cameron Murray, so you know, whereas he was priced well above Cam Murray, you know, just a few weeks ago, so is a bit of an issue with cash uh, with your final trade. So I do think like he's a viable uh, sit or even a trade out option there for sure. Look, honestly, Delhi Cherry Evans like four round average of like mid thirties. That's that's not great to say the least. And I don't see it improving not this week anyway. So I definitely could see him being a sit as well if you've got that luxury. I think Ruben Garrick is the only safe guy. He's just got such a strong floor and somehow still seems to find the odd attacking stat here and there. So yeah, I think you could probably still roll him out fairly confidently. Uh, jumping over to the Bulldogs, who have been a little bit hot and cold lately. Matty Burton, very popular trade-in last week, as you know, given the matchup, didn't quite deliver, to say the least. Uh, I think, though, you can still rely on him. I think he's probably a decent play this week. Yeah, I think he is. I mean, yeah, Tim was talking up, yeah, that 
you know, there might be a captaincy option in the Bulldogs-Eels game. Um, it tends to be reasonably high scoring and, and the Bulldogs are pretty freewheeling. And, you know, they absolutely thrashed uh, the Eels, you know, just a handful of weeks ago. So, and always do well against them. So Burton's probably your most obvious play. Um, not a lot else there, I don't think, for your final Burton team. will be running a boat, Moses. I don't know how comfortable it is to make a tackle with a broken finger strapped up. It's probably I'd be still feeling awkward about it you'd be aware of it you try not to use it you know what I mean as much so maybe he's got a little bit of an extra up on him there yeah Jacob Carraz you know I know he was a cash cow for so many of us almost all of us uh, sold him but he's got a three-round average of 70 and at 11 percent ownership you know the guy's the real deal quite frankly. So um, if you've got him, I think he's definitely a, a potential play option. We've talked about the Raiders. They are a little bit hard to trust. Um, they have been for most of the season. Even, you know, Adam Elliott, I don't know if it was injury inflicted or not, but there was some, you know, that score he got was not great. You expected a lot more with no Tarpane in the team. Now Tarpane's back. It's even harder to trust him. Tarpane's got his own question marks, obviously coming off that injury. But that draw is so hard to argue against, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. And I'm just looking through the, the Canberra lineup at the moment. And, you know, Adam Elliott was a little bit of a pot option earlier in the year and he's, he has come back down to earth. Weirdly, Hudson Young, three-round average of, of 83, but he's north of 600K. Tarpane is the obvious play. And, and maybe if you really want to throw the dice, I think it's a way better option than Nick Kotrick is Xavier Savage. Problem is his fullback home. Yeah, I was going to say, that's why I didn't really mention it because if you're not running Teddy and Luttrell or, or some combination of, you know, at least one of those two guys, it's pretty hard to find a space for Xavier Savage there. Sebastian Chris will score a try this weekend, but I don't think he's one of the better options and he's going to do that little try celebration he does you know he just throws something into the ground i think it's a javelin or something i like it hashtag gamble responsibly moving up to the more trustworthy teams look the cowboys we know that they've been really good all season uh do we have any question marks you know val's not been fantastic the last couple of rounds there's a couple of questionable scores people are a little bit concerned um you know look joe you and i we don't have val holmes despite Val telling us to get him in i don't have that option you still do is he on the cards for you this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, the problem is is that I, to your point about ownership in the crunch and numbers section, I mean, he's 23.5% owned already. So, you know, if I'm looking to climb the ranks, going with a high ownership player like him probably isn't the play. Um, plenty of Cowboys are super coach relevant. A bloke that just keeps on scoring against all odds is Reese Robson. So, again, if, if you've got that backup, you know, whether you're running Cook or Grant as your primary hooker and you do have a spot there, he's just 583K, 300 average of 70, 64 average on the season, 5% owned. You know, he just keeps finding the try line and, and he's got an amazing work rate. He certainly is a great shot and, and like, not sure if I'd trade him in. Just I don't think he's quite got that upside unless he is scoring a try, but if you've got him, he's a fantastic option just to hang out hold for the rest of the season, especially now they've gone back to putting a, a, a bench back rather than a bench hooker on, on the yeah. uh, bench. So R- Ruben Cotter's a no-brainer, uh, but especially so for the people who have Cam McInnes, just for the for the flexibility of swapping in and out. 518K. Great value. Yeah, you know, 
amazing value, 71 on the weekend. And I don't think there was anything in the way of attacking stats. The bloke just tackled his heart out. Outside of that, you know, we talked about Trinky. I think that's fine. Nanai, look, he's definitely not the pick, but you think his price is going to tank soon with those lower scores in the mix there. And I think once he drops back to a bit more reasonable price, if you take a flyer on him, you know, in like grand finals, right, round 24 for head-to-head, he's really, really not a bad shout, honestly. Um, that is next week. I mean, how long are you waiting? One week. <laughs> I guess. How, how much is he dropping, though? Oh, uh, look, enough to maybe afford it in one trade. Like, I don't know. I, either way, like, I, I just think, you know, you could jump on this week, honestly, against the Warriors. Break even of 183. So you've got to think he's dropping the best part of 100K, if not the full 100K. So, yeah, you could have a point there, Will, for the grand final. I've got 52,500 remaining salary. Like, do you reckon the boys can have that on, like, a Mad Monday trip or something? Like, what am I meant to do with that money? I think how it works is that all the people who are out of trades but have money in the bank automatically get siphoned into Tom Sankster's team. That must be it. And he gets to go over the salary. I was wondering why my 200,000, 200, just suddenly dropped a, a couple of thousand all of a sudden from nowhere. So I think you're onto something there, Joe. I'm moving on from the Cowboys. Look, jumping over the Broncos real quick. Uh, look, obviously, we spoke about Selwyn Cobbo. I think he's a great pod for the last couple of rounds. Maybe not this week. Just obviously the Storm matchup, but last two games, uh, I think, are very safe for him to do well in. Stags is a tough one to trust. You've talked about that, Tim. Uh, I just think it's just so unpredictable when you play the guy, basically, and whether he keeps his attacking stats or not. I do like Oates as an alternative to Cobo, just even even lower ownership there. And he's probably the one I'm not as worried about because Mm. the left wing against the Storm is probably the the place you want to target if you are going to roll someone out there, so... He's probably not a bad shot if you do need to get someone in this week as a bit of a pod. I think if you still got Ezra Mam, he's still playable like at a pinch. He's certainly not someone I'd want to roll out this week, but the guy is I mean we saw like it doesn't take much. Isn't there a bit of whisper that Mam might be out and he just missed training today because of a tummy bug. So the the Broncos already said he'll be back Thursday. Ah, little tummy bug. Yeah, no issues there. He was filmed running into the toilet with a Broncos uh, teammate. Mm. So, I was going to yeah, say, just... I don't think, uh, I, don't, I don't know, Tessie New might have been there holding his hair back or something. I wouldn't go in there with um, Payne Haas, just if the tight space is a good chance he'd tread on his shoes. Can't get away from him in there. Mm. Adam Reynolds, obviously, I, I jumped on last week. I wouldn't jump on this week. But again, last two rounds, very viable option if you still got the trades or a bit of a, you know, a smoky pod there. Look, Panthers are a team we, we've trusted all season very easily, but I feel with no Cleary and maybe not a Luai for another week or two, if at all, during the regular season, it definitely doesn't feel as safe to rely on those Panthers players. I think Appy has shown he he's definitely stepping up. He's yeah. getting... like we, we talked about it a couple of weeks back. We thought Appy would step up and, and take more ownership, and he has. Uh, Isaiah Yo has been an absolute beast getting through his work. Tungo still getting through his work. Just attacking stats, the upside isn't quite there. Brian Tortle, very much the same. Stephen Crichton with the goal kicking, it just hasn't really helped him, right? Because he's not kicking many goals, basically. The base is there with Stephen Crichton, so yeah, not an option for me. Yeah, you're hoping the floor would be there with you know the goal kicking. Honestly, I'm really surprised that they've stuck with Jamin Salmon at six. Like Kurt Falls had an absolute blinder two, two weeks ago, I think, when he was coming back from his injury. He had like four try assists, you know, kicked seven goals from nine attempts, like just tore up uh, <laughs> and and can't get a look in apparently. So 
Yeah, I'm sure, you know, with Ezra Mann being a 5'8 with the tummy bug, there's a weak gutted joke in there for uh, for Jamin Salmon, but it uh, <laughs> looks like he's locked in the role at 5'8. But, Wilf, that leaves Eels, Rabbitohs, Sharks players. You know, Tim's been, again, huge on the Sharks run home and, and they've been doing pretty well. I think if you've got them, you're playing them. Rabbitohs have, you know, obviously the tough matchup this week. Isaiah Tass, you mentioned Obviously, great stats uh, at centre is killing it. I mean, is he a play over your more established Tungos, Crichtons, maybe even a Brian Toto, you know, given that he's outscoring him, Tim? Oh, it's really tough, hey? Because like, you're probably asking the wrong guy. I'm a Panthers fan. I'd really like to see us win this game. So, but Tass is a like, I, I was one of the first to buy him. I bought him before he was even named. When he's coming off the bench. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I think, no, he wasn't even named in the extended squad or anything. I was like, I could feel him coming. Um, but, yeah, I was one of the first to get rid of him as well. So, But I love him. I think he's great. I can't really make that call. I don't want to say yes or no on either of that. Sorry. That's a tough one. I think it's, you know, what Tass has been, what, got, he got 69 or something last week. Very nice score. But mm. I, I do think Campbell Graham coming back probably hurts the floor a little because Campbell's going to get into his work. He, he you know, loves to get his hands on the ball, doesn't mind a hard carry or two. So, yeah, look, I think I think Tass is not a bad shout. I just, I mean, I I just don't, like, the super coach, I think it's fine. I just don't rate him as a player as much. Like, Tungo is, like, I love him. I love mm. how he plays. He's just so good. So I just don't think I could trust Tass as a player over Tungo, even though super yeah. coach wise it makes sense. So I think that's where I'd be at. Fair enough. And then you've got the never doubt them uh, players, Wilf. I mean, the Roosters, right? It's the back end of the season. They are going nuts as always. Like I think Teddy's on his way to another, you know, 90 plus average post, post origin. Manu hasn't quite clicked with the attacking stats lately. His hero ball is still working though in that, I mean, he's hitting like 50 plus in base and base attacks, just insane work rate. Swali's getting all the attacking stats at the moment, so he's, you know, sorry, Swali'i is getting all the attacking mm. stats at the moment, scoring tries for fun, and I hope Daniel Tupo, you know, gets amongst this week. I sat him last week um, to play, uh, I can't even remember who I played, Sivo. I played Sivo instead. <laughs> That's why I was so upset at Sivo, but yeah, I think Tupo is definitely a great shout if you want to, you know, go from the other for the other edge and like the storm you can't doubt you know harry grant is just a gun cam munster is next level no matter where he plays you know even your your cheese is like i, I still don't rate him as an option but he's starting to show some flashes there so you know if he does go on a little mini run the next couple of weeks i wouldn't be shocked uh not seems way more handy than at the start of the season for sure i've got a it just seems like he, he's more into it maybe it's just the business end of the season he's yeah waking up a little there and then you could always punt on a winger, right, from the Storm. Like, no fur codes, they're going to score a trial or two most weeks. But gamble responsibly, so, please, Wilfred. I meant for Sophie Coach, not not actually punt on them. But, yes, if you do want to put, put, a, put a bet on We're pulling each other up on a lot of the pronunciations of things. And yeah. Being, we're, see, we're very, we're very progressive, see. Guys, we're, uh, we're cutting ahead of the banter because there's plenty of trash talk to come as we get into our Swish Supercoach Star of the Week. If you are what you say you are, a superstar, then have no fear, the camera 
So you'd be shocked to know that no one guessed Talatau Amone or Sam Verrills, who were the two top scoring players for round 22. But Selwyn Cobo did have a couple of entries. Closest was 138 to, to match Cobo's 119. So congrats to Maddie at, at Maddie82A. Just sliding to our DMs. We hook you up with your discount code for the week. As always, all you got to do is enter by responding to our tweet. Uh, from our Supercoach Champions account. You just got to predict who you think is a top-scoring player and the predicted score. You do need to make an effort with the predicted score because someone guessed Cobo for 200+, plus, and that's the only reason they didn't win because Maddie put a more realistic score in there and hence why they Maddie's got that voucher now. So, yeah, do put some effort into the prediction because it does sometimes matter uh, and that'll score you a $50 voucher to use on hayswish.com. I've now hit the lead again. I'm on 10. Tim, you're on 9. Joe, you're still flailing away at the back end there. So I'm flailing away in the back end, but not in a Corey Norman one. <laughs> no, there's, a, there's a multiple Corey Norman's jokes coming from you today. <laughs> I think he's into that sort of stuff. He's, he's all about it, eh? <laughs> Look, I was alluding to it. I didn't want to call him out on pod, but... Owen <laughs> <laughs> Cobo was my guess. He didn't quite hit 144, but 119, I can't complain. Tim, you actually went with Talakai on, on air, but we did give you the late swap because he was uh, laid out, and then you went to Latrell for 125. Latrell ended up updating just to 115, so it was very close, but I did pip you by those four points there. Joe's pick of Garrick, uh, 81 in the end, uh, not quite 145, and look, it's a pretty decent shout, but yeah, not quite a Selwyn Covo level pick there. So, Joe, who are you going to start with this week? I'm going for a pod option, boys, purely based on matchup. I think that, you know, he's fond of a show and go. So I'm going to pick Jack Whiten against the Knights for 126. Wow, that is that is very pod. I like it. I like it. Very ballsy. All right, mm-hmm. Tim, over to you. Ooh, if it's over to me, I'm going to have to play it conservative. I hate this. I'm going to say Tedesco. Why do you hate Tedesco? Why do you have hate Tedesco? Because I always feel like that... I, like I'm picking my captain when I do my swish, and if I don't go that way and I pick something else, I'll regret it because my swish always wins, except for last week, but it was pretty good still. <laughs> it's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I didn't captain Latrell last week, and and he was my selection, but he would have scored way more than the guy that I actually did captain. So this is this – is, I don't like this, ex, this um, segment, but I do love swish. <laughs> what, what's Teddy scoring this week? 200 plus. Oh jeez! I'm just right. being annoying because of that last guy. No, look. Um, what are the they paying a dollar oh one probably? Hundred and ten. One hundred and ten. There you go. Oh, a dollar and five. I think one oh five. That's too low for Teddy. One fifty. How about that? Yeah, I'll take one fifty. All right, and I'm going to go with Cam Munster against my Broncos. I just think Munster is going to tear us a new one. So uh, Munster for one hundred and twenty nine. I'm getting runs on the board this week. <laughs> So we have to thank Swish as always. They are changing the way fans interact with athletes. Over a 1,000 athletes across Australia and New Zealand for all sports, for the NRL, almost 300, uh, including the likes of your Tedesco's, Munster. I think Jack Whiten's on there as well. You can get the Wolfman, ex-Manly player, the Wolfman. He's on there. Yes, David Williams there. It's, uh, there's a couple of legends on there as well. Look, 20% of all proceeds are donated between Starlight and Variety, both children's charities. It's real easy. Jump on heyswish.com. Just choose your athlete, leave your instructions, and Swish will handle the rest. Once the athlete gets around to recording a video, turns it around, Swish sends it to you, and then you profit because whoever you gift that to will love it. 
And don't forget promo code CHAMP, C-H-A-M-P, you get extra 10% off. Jumping over to our group comp, Joe, do you want to give us a quick update on that one? Yeah, uh, the group comp sponsored by Tyler May, who stand for excellence in wall and floor tiles. First is Ryan Coach of Chichibungas in 16th. Second is Troy Coach of Roosters Pack in 19th, but they're only five points apart. So intriguing last three rounds uh, for the boys there. They're in the running for our grand prize of 500 bucks for first. And for second prize, there's a $200 voucher to use on nrlshop.com. Um, but guys, this is thanks to the team of TylerMade for their generosity in donating our grand prize of 500 bucks. They're a family-owned and run business from Brisbane with a team of tile specialists who pride themselves on their honest pricing with no hidden fees and premium customer service. We'll take good care of you in person or buy online at tylermade.com.au and can deliver to anywhere in Australia if need be. So if you're looking for some new tiles, tools, or anything in between, contact the team at Tylermade and make sure you let them know you heard about them through the Champions podcast. All right. So look, massive episode, probably more chat than we needed to given most of us have no trades and fairly limited in our choices, but we just can't help ourselves. We obviously get excited and we love to chat footy and super coach. So look, any last words, Tim, before we wrap up real quick ones? No, just trust your gut in these finals. Stop worrying about what the other person's doing and just believe in the culture of your team. You've, You've come this far and the boys will get you through full credit to them. I love it. Full credit to the boys. Drop right at the end there. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you again soon. Bye.